0: The blessings family welcome to a word with kukule tu. my name is kukule tu and i'm the host and creator of this show and podcast where the motto is healing is sexy so if you're here for the very first time thank you for joining me i really hope that you will enjoy your time here i really hope that this episode will be insightful towards you and will help you to evoke uh, healing in some type of way in your own life and if you're here joining for a second third Fourth, maybe fifth time i want to say i appreciate you so much your support does not go unnoticed and i'm really happy uh that you're part of the community and part of the uh, sexy gang and i must say you guys i'm really falling in love with the community that i'm building um and the community that we are building i should say Um, It is so lovely to hear from you guys, to hear your insights on the first two episodes even or um, the IGTV series. And I appreciate you guys reaching out and communicating because this is what this platform is all about. Um, It's about healing um, ourselves and I believe that. If we do that for ourselves, you know, it spreads and it's contagious and we get to the fun part of building communities around um, healing and around living fulfilled and happy lives and around figuring all of this out together. So I I truly appreciate you guys um, being a part of this journey. I'm actually very excited uh, for today's topic. Um, It's quite a loaded one. Um, But the reason I'm excited about it is because it's one that um, kind of touches more on um, African cultures. And we're getting more into the African spirituality aspect of what this podcast um, tries to talk about. Um, And so before I even um, start the conversation... I do just want to start with um, a disclaimer of sorts that the topic that I'll be talking about today um, is a very broad and it's a very um, interesting topic actually. Um, And so what I have presented uh, here in this episode is by no means a complete collection of the entire history. Um, It is by no means um, a true reflection of the depth of um, this aspect of African cultures, uh, which we call scarification. Um, So it is more so just uh an an introduction into it and the way that i have linked it to certain concepts um which i have made connections towards um for the purpose of getting the point that i want to get across today um but i think it's just always important that we take initiative with our healing we take initiative with our knowledge We take initiative with our spiritual journeys, emotional journeys, physical journeys. So I hope more than anything else that it will encourage you to look more into African scarification. And it will encourage you to look more into it and to do more research. um, Because I'm sure you will find something that I may have missed. Or you'll be able to make connections that I maybe wasn't able to or wasn't able to present um, Um, in this episode so by no means take it as a a bible of um what this ritual and what this aspect of our culture is about but um just take what you can from it and run with it and continue to do the knowledge seeking and continue to fly with it um that's really the aim of this one and i only say that because this one is um quite a, a I mean, it's a real thing and it has to do with our real African culture. And the last thing that I want to do is to um, dilute it or make it seem smaller than it is because it's not. Um, So the purpose of this is just to give you some food for thought, make the connections, and hopefully that will encourage you to just um, fly, you know. So... Let's go on. Um, I think a good place to start and I'm sure um, if you're watching this you can already see the cover photo and you know that this episode um, explores the depth and beauty of African scarification Um, and we tried to connect that to this concept of um, pain being temporary. So let's just start all the way back, Um, start with the foundation. So if we are to think about what scars are, well the dictionary defines scars as marks left on the skin or within the body tissue where a wound, burn or sore has not healed completely and fibrous connective tissue has developed. So, for me, when I kind of read that, the, f- the, the word that would uh, stick out to me would be, has not healed completely. So, there's two parts to that, is that um, in some way, shape, or form, um, where there has been an incision um, on the epidermis, it has not healed completely or in the process of healing is the second part um, we have fibrous connective tissue that has developed um, as the body tries to repair itself right and heal itself so when we think about scars you guys um I kind of thought about it in you know there's two uh, dimensions to this that stuck out to me and uh, particularly for this episode so we have the physical scars right which is what we just went through and um, I'm sure we're all familiar with um, you know physical scars we all have at least one Um, I know I have a huge old scar on my stomach From, um, well it's not huge but it's quite big so not huge but quite big and um, and I burnt myself <laughs> so we all have those uh, physical scars um, as we grow up that kind of force us to grow but then we also have the mental scars Right, So the scars that we cannot see, that we cannot touch, the scars that don't form necessarily on the epidermis um, or even internally in any physical kind of way, but we're talking about the scars that are mental. So I like to liken it or if I had to liken it to another word that I feel like would uh, describe it well, it would be things like traumas. Um, even just bad memories um, can act as mental scars Um, even recurring situations that um, do not serve you in a particular way they may be degrading or they may just not particularly serve you those also can act as uh, mental scars and then so we have situations in our lives where There's been an incision on our emotional, mental, spiritual uh, well-being, right? In the same way as a physical scar. So somehow, in some way, um, our mental, emotional, and spiritual well-being has been um, torn apart in a sense, right? And then what happens is we develop in the same way that the body has fibrous connective tissues um, that develop we also develop similar um, mechanisms and sometimes i would like to think of these as coping mechanisms right and coping mechanisms can be healthy or unhealthy um but they are what we develop a way to try and heal ourselves or to um, deal with the pain and the the wound in the best way that we know how. Um, So it's not always the best, but um, that's how I like to liken it. And so, you know, just looking at those two different ways of viewing scars from the very physical aspect, right? And then also from... The aspect of our mental and spiritual and uh, emotional uh, well-being and how we're trying to heal those wounds um, just makes you realize just how broad and how big this concept of even just what scarring is or what scars are so on the topic of scars I myself have a few tattoos and I've been asked by elders and people um questions along the lines of what did you get a tattoo for or what does it mean or how is that in any way helpful which um you know because we're not all the same so that's absolutely valid you know um sometimes i've been asked by elders sometimes it's just people who just don't understand the concept of tattoos um but I, I, I do appreciate the fact that that question was asked to me because then I had to reflect um, upon my reasoning and see if it's if it still aligned with the initial reason I had maybe gone tattooed to where I was now. Um, and so, you know, when I reflected, um, what I was able to receive from that reflection... Um, you know is what led me to go deeper into this um scarification into african scarification and looking at um ancestrally the different kinds of rituals of marking our bodies and how we did that because the first time i got a tattoo i would say that it was definitely more so about a a kind of aesthetic pleasure right um it was about being able to put something on my body that um had a lot of meaning or that i appreciated the meaning of um, and that seemed like something that made sense only to me and on top of that it was beautiful so the first time that was kind of my um thinking um I mean, in general, the, the, the adrenaline of body modifications is always a plus for someone like me, but for the majority of, of it, I, thought, I honestly thought that that was, you know, what it was going to be about, up until I got my first tattoo, and then I wanted more, and my reasoning for that was because I realized that getting a tattoo, or in getting a tattoo, I was... Um, exhibiting what it looks like to heal because it's a whole process right the process of willingly inflicting some level of pain on my physical body that was the first aspect of it right so it humbled me in a sense to realize that um I'm still a human being, right? And I can still feel pain. I mean, they weren't very painful at all, just to put it in there. But <laughs> but the concept of it, of inflicting pain, um, it kind of humbles you to realize that you're just a human being, right? You are, you're not uh, immune to pain in any kind of way. But it also strengthens you to know that you can endure that pain, you know? it's a, It's a thing of you have the ability to endure it and then there's the process of, I mean, off decay and healing the tattoo, right? Because you have to make sure you're eating well, you have to drink water. You There's certain things like you can't go in the sun too much. So there's this process of actually watching your skin heal itself, watching your body rejuvenate itself. And in that, your emotional resilience, the physical resilience of your body, um, it becomes illuminated and it becomes that much clearer and I just felt so um, connected to that process of healing and then at the very end so the third part of this is then at the very end you now have a beautiful um, image a beautiful v- uh, visual um, that is on your body that is almost sacred and it serves as a reminder of Of the little bit of pain that you endured. And at the end of it. What culminated was something that is beautiful. What manifested from that pain. Was something that is beautiful. Um, And it it serves as a a reminder. A constant reminder. So that's when I started to realize. And understand that um, tattoos are the scars that we choose. Right? Um, And then... Then that's when I started to go deeper into this concept of um, African scarification, right? And this is the point where I want to clarify something and make sure that it's understood that um, so, even though I was able to make that connection, you know, with tattooing and African scarification. the normal tattoo culture today is not at all um, in any kind of way the same as African scarification. Well, I shouldn't say in any kind of way, but um, I mean, it's, it's barely similar, right? Because um, the thing is that normal tattoo culture today has been heavily colonized, has been heavily commercialized, and capitalized and in fact it's been white dominated for the majority of its existence in this modern world um, so what I'm trying to make uh, the point is that, <laughs> the point that I'm trying to make is right that it's important to understand and realize and I had to come to the re- reflection and understanding that i um, me having a tattoo is not the same thing as having gone through a ritual of African scarification or cicatrization um, because there's that void of the spiritual intent and protocol because um, as we'll go into in a little bit, um, African scarification has so many layers to it and um, it's important that when we reflect on things um, about our culture, we have to understand that while it is foreign or maybe while it is unknown um, to us, it is very real to other people, right? There are still people who um, get scarifications, you know, with that spiritual intent. And when when we equate um, anything to that with which it is not we are degrading its value right and that's what happens when we try to equate certain things um you know we see now with our african culture that it's not true so it's just about doing that reflection and being able to understand that um while i was able to connect you know that The tattooing and the way that I had felt about it and um, the kind of reasoning and thought that it had evoked in me was a connection to African uh, scarification and I'm thankful for my spirit for taking me down that route so that I could go back and look into my roots and explore and investigate more but while it was a connection it does not equal um, or exact correlation or causation right so I just wanted to put that out there because I have massive uh, enough respect for the motherland and all of our cultures and um, um, we have to respect it for what it is you know we don't need to dilute any of our cultures they are beautiful as they are and you know they can speak for themselves in all of their boldness So upon doing further research, um, what I came to realize is that in Africa um, tattoos and er epidermal modifications go much further than just being skin deep, right? Um, The skin serves as a definite kind of border between the self and the environment and through modifying the skin, You kind of allow it to be a vessel to communicate or to convey some sort of message or some sort of meaning to it. Um, So it's it's an archaic method um, performed as early as the Egyptian societies, um, although they um, the the more prevalent uh, method of body modification was inking. and that's very interesting because then scarification became more prevalent in later um, history um, by dark-skinned people. Because um, scars are a much more permanent way to um, have something shown on the body um, as opposed to the permanent inking. Um, even in ancient African tribes and in some tribes where it's still performed today um, scarification was the preferred method of uh, body modification for um, the many reasons that it's used um, and now for the reasons that scarification is done it ranges from reasons of aesthetic beauty um, in some tribes and regions um, Scarifications are used to signify uh, social progression, so what standing you have in society. Um, They're also used to show your tribal affiliation, so um, people of the same tribe will have uh, similar or the same markings to show that they are of the same tribe. Um, We also have scarifications being used to signify certain rites of passage. Um, we also have um, scarification being used um, in early childhood um, for young children. And this is used as sometimes as a hardening um, mechanism um, to kind of introduce the child into, um, how can I say it, to introduce the child into the 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 nature of life if i can say it like that even further than that scarifications um were used and can be used in certain tribes to cure disease as well as to ward away unwanted spirits so um it becomes very important what the intent is when you're doing it and this is why i say that it's not the same as tattooing because tattooing is void of that spiritual intent and protocol um which is what makes a ritual a ritual at the end of the day so um there are different distinctions of scarification so we have inking uh scarification and uh cicatrization um as well as henna in some parts of um world and in some parts of the continent so inking was a method um that was used and that was found more so um by egyptologists and they were found on the mummies of um uh you know of egyptian people and so inking was different because it was more so just applying a pigment to the skin um Cuts and incisions were made, but just enough for the pigment to be able to seep into the skin and then show for a long time. Um, Whereas scarification, which became prevalent later on, um, was popular and more prevalent in the sub-Saharan African nations. Um... And this was used um, uh, as a process of cutting deep enough into the skin to create a permanent marking. Um, and the reason this was used um, was because, you know, for people with darker skin, a scar um, was more permanent than uh, an inking. The ink sometimes would not be able to sit in well or would not show for very long periods of time on darker skin. And then we have um, cicatrization which is a a little bit of a mixture of the two cicatrization involves um, a process of scarifying and then adding a compound such as a soot or ash um, as well on top of the the scars um, to create a pigment as well so it's a, a pigmented scar Um, And then we have in areas of uh, Africa, West Africa, um, where henna became introduced um, in the regions where Islam began to become began to be practiced. Pardon me. Um, And so because um, religiously in Islam, uh, scarifying the body or cutting the body was seen as something that is unholy, people uh, then turned to use henna um as a way to kind of return back to uh, a sort of an inking um that didn't involve cutting into the skin in any kind of way Peace blessings family if you've made it this far thank you so much and make sure you don't leave because the conversation is about to get a lot more interesting as i explore the depth and beauty of african scarification now if you're part of the Sexy Healers gang and you'd like to ask a question or bring a topic that you think is worth discussing, be sure to send me a message on Instagram at a word with and I'll be sure to discuss it on the series A Chat with GoogleTo. I hope to see you soon and enjoy the rest of the conversation. So, as we can see, there are many reasons for scarification, and uh, we're just beginning to touch the surface. And it's such an interesting um, topic to me. It's such a beautiful way. um It just makes me think of how. How beautiful the minds um, of our people are, and how how much, in spite of everything, um, it is within the human nature to look for connection um, and to look for ways to communicate with each other, um, despite of ev- despite everything. Um, Um, And in spite of our social environments, um, we find ways to communicate and to connect with each other. We find ways to express our individual identities. We find ways to express the things that we are proud of. You know, we find ways to alchemize um, our lives, um, essentially. Um, And what this made me think is that, um, you know, scarification... Essentially became a language on its own. You know, it is a practice that has reminded Africans of particular tribes that they belong to. It has reminded people not to get lost in the thick of the world, right? It has reminded people um, and made it possible for you to for people to recognize each other um, just from what words if i can say are being depicted on their skin and on their physical body and to be able to approach those people with ease knowing that they are one of their own um if that makes sense and i think essentially they are words of a different dimension and caliber and they are used to tell a story that extends beyond the 3d especially when you think about um our african um Traditional African wooden mosques um, have carvings in them. And oftentimes, these mosques um, are used um, when people are trying to connect to African gods, right? And so, again, this speaks to a deeper connection, a deeper communication that is happening with the process of scarification, and um, to me, one of the most beautiful things about that um, is, I think that it 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 served as a reminder of how temporary pain is, how temporary um, the things of this world are, how temporary our bodies are. To be able to willingly inflict pain upon yourself. Um, in the end, to manifest, to manifest or culminate some sort of message and to be able to convey some sort of message. Um, I think it just only goes to, to prove and to show how temporary pain is. And this was the concept um, that stuck out the most to me. In Ethiopia, um, Suri men scar their bodies to show that they have actually killed somebody from an enemy tribe, right? Um, and we also have the Mercy who practice scarification largely for aesthetic reasons. So basically in order to attract the opposite sex and um, show that they are um, they are looking for a partner to begin with in Sudan um, the Nuba tribe of Sudan um, have scars that serve as a medicinal purpose so they believe that um, scars above above the eyes um, improve eyesight and scars on the temples help to relieve headaches another beautiful thing about scarification you guys is um, just think about that process and how quickly it can really change you mentally from the position of being a victim to a survivor so from the moment from the process um, of being in that ritual and and, and seeing your body being cut in, um, or, or having markings being made on it, you become a victim, right? You become a victim to pain. You become a victim to your own body, to your own feelings, to your own emotions. And in the process of healing, what happens is that you now endure the pain. You now connect with your soul you now understand that you are a human being but beyond that there is a soul there and once you tap into that soul you become a survivor and what is left is a scar that serves as a reminder that serves as a reminder that pain is temporary that serves as a reminder that your body is temporary you're not taking it with you wherever you go regardless of your beliefs about what happens after death neither of us can say for sure but what is quite uh, i would say obvious is that we don't take our bodies with us but we take something we know that for sure because then otherwise Why would it be such a topic that is so prevalent at the core of all of our um, philosophical ideas about life is death. At the core of all philosophical ideas about life is death. So that's what stuck out to me, you guys. is the idea that pain is temporary. And... Pain is temporary in the same way that joy and happiness is temporary because this goes back to the universal laws. There always has to be movement. There always is going to be movement. From up to down, down to up, left to right, right to left, there is always movement. And so, pain and a process like scarification, it serves as a reminder that the only thing that is constant is this change, the process of change. We as human beings are continuously going through changes in our lives. Continuously. It has to happen that way. If anything, we have to become worried when there is no change in our lives. When things become stagnant, that is when there is no life. If you have a glass of water and you shake it around, you know, you shake it around, you drink some, you leave it there, you know, you shake it around while it's still in its glass. That water is alive because it's moving. But if you have a bottle of water and you leave it in the sun or you leave it in a corner for a couple of days, you can't drink that water because that water is not alive. I mean, you might be able to, but that water is not alive. So, it serves as a reminder of the universal laws, pardon me. And when we have an awareness of that, then we don't become shattered when change comes into our lives. Good or bad. Because essentially, my understanding is that there really is no good or bad change. There is change. There is change and sometimes that change propels us forward visibly forward and sometimes that change takes us back but in the next movement we're only going to go forward and if you went forward before you're probably going to go backwards next it's a constant play and flow of energy and it's needed it's needed to make life full because what is joy and what is happiness if we've never experienced sadness and pain it would have no meaning literally it would have no meaning there was no night if there was no darkness the beauty of the moon would have no meaning because we wouldn't even be able to see it and this is something that I think is very helpful to constantly remind ourselves because sometimes we find ourselves in positions where it feels like we're stagnant. Or sometimes we find ourselves in positions where we feel like things are just changing all the time and there's no, there, there's no way to make sense of things. And here's a little visualization that i i i had recently reflected upon and um <laughs> realized that hey maybe this could be a framework for how i choose to approach situations in my life so you know those connected dots where you connect a dot and it's supposed to make a picture Can find them in the back of a newspaper, or um, you know, maybe at school you had those worksheets where it was connected dots. Um, I'm sure most of us are familiar with them. Um, So the way that I see it is that every movement or every event in our life is essentially like a little dot, right? And so in some stages of our lives there are few dots right so maybe these are the stagnant moments in our lives maybe these are the moments when we are exhausted when we are dealing with mental emotional physical burnout of some sort right and then in some stages of our lives, there's like a lot of dots, you know, or some some parts of the, the picture, There's there's there seems to be a lot of dots all clustered together. So these can be the moments when things are just chaotic, you know, when there's lots of change. Um, these can be the moments when we are faced with wounds and scars that we did not choose, like tattoos or perhaps scarification. We're faced with illness, with accidents, with disease, with very painful things and they all come at once, you know, they all come at once and there's no breather, there's no break. And then there's another stage, you know, there's another part of the paper where maybe things are, uh, they're calm, you know, (laughs) things are okay, you have an evenly spread amount of uh, dots that are just there. so the key is an understanding that it is a connect the dots right because otherwise you're just left with a bunch of dots that you don't understand imagine if somebody just gave you a connect the dots and you didn't know that you were supposed to try and connect the dots and they told you okay complete this for me you would be like what (laughs) You, you would be confused you wouldn't know where to begin that's a little bit like life you know there's a bunch of things that happen and a bunch of things there's our childhood there's our future we're still worried about then there's the now we don't even know what's happening and if you all if on top of all of that you don't know that you all you're supposed to do is just connect the dots then you're gonna be confused you know and rightly so it's going to seem like it's an impossible question it's an impossible uh task to to complete so now you have the awareness that it's it's about connecting the dots okay now let's think of a strategy right so if you try to connect the dots in one way things might start to make sense you know you might start to think oh okay i have a picture starting to form you you start to create borders you start to create a sense of definiteness around your experiences and your being and connecting that to your purpose so you slowly start to connect the dots and you get to one part of the page and then you get stuck because let's say perhaps you've connected all of the clusters but you still have a bunch of these other dots that you've left out isn't that a lot like what we do sometimes in life we connect some of the dots but we don't really completely include all of them so some things get left out some traumas get left out things we don't deal with get left out And so we try to connect, we try to make relationships with people, we try to move forward and do these things without realizing that we're missing whole other dots or events in our lives that are important for the whole picture. But luckily our pencil has an eraser and I hope you use the pencil, not a pen for connect the dots. (laughs) So luckily our pencil has an eraser and so we just go back and erase. We go back and we reflect. We go back, we trace back our steps and then we try something different. Don't go in the same place that you just raised. That's silly, right? So then we try a different way to connect these dots. A way that is more holistic. A way that tries to include all aspects of our beings. So that we're not leaving and shutting out parts of ourselves. In the process of healing and connecting the dots and creating a definiteness and creating a form to everything that we experience in this lifetime. And with life it's like it's an it's a continuous connect the dots. Sometimes you think you have a picture. Sometimes you decide oh okay you know what I think it's going to be a cat. Oh my gosh, I think it's gonna be a cat. And then you try it, and then it's not a cat. Because now there are other dots that have now formed in the process of you trying to connect. Because life doesn't ever stop, it doesn't stop for our healing. But that also doesn't mean that our entire lives have to be about healing it's about a balance it's about a balance, finding a way that flows, a way in which you can connect those dots and move forward at the same time so that you are not blind to the greatness that is ahead, so that you're not blind to the bigger picture But it will require you to be comfortable with the idea of many things being temporary. Sometimes the visions we have are temporary because they don't serve us in the way that they once did. You have to be comfortable with things changing. You have to be comfortable with growing outside of your z- of your comfort zone, but with taking everything with you. Because ultimately, all of those dots when you take your very last breath, all of those dots are going to be necessary in the complete picture of you and what kind of a person you were and what kind of a soul you were how you made people feel how you treated other people what you were able to accomplish what you were able to do for your bloodline how you were able to heal your bloodline how you were able to how you were able to become the one who made it out How you were the one who was able to bring broken people with you. And I'm not saying these have to be your uh, desires. I'm just putting out things that um, speak to me. And so it's important to realize and to be okay and comfortable with the fact that pain is temporary and i think the reason why it's difficult to view pain in the same way as joy even though they are opposite ends on the same spectrum is because one is uncomfortable whereas the other one is comfortable and the funny thing is that what makes us uncomfortable is not always the worst thing for us I'm not saying go and inflict pain on yourself just for fun because Google said so <laughs> I'm not saying that but what I'm saying is that be comfortable with the uncomfortable Or at least be comfortable with the idea that what is uncomfortable may be what is best for you, may be what is needed for you to connect those final dots, the ones that just didn't make sense, the ones that you just couldn't get in order for the picture to become clearer. This is why it's important to never shut out our history. Because it doesn't matter what you want to become in this world, you'll never be able to do it until you have a foundation of your past and knowledge of your past. This is why we teach history. This is why we tell old wives' tales. Details, pardon me although the way that history is taught in curriculums in schools is questionable because it borders on the lines of indoctrination because of course it matters how the story is being told who's telling the story so this is why it's important for us to take initiative with our healing, with our journeys, with knowing who we are truly. And when it comes to the the, the concept of pain being temporary, and when we think about these events that happen, You can never go forward without occasionally reflecting back on what you have moved, or how far you have moved, or where you have gone from point A to point B. Because there will never be a moment where those things do not eventually catch up to you and remind you that, hey, I exist. And I tried to do that for a long time. I just told myself, oh, no, you need to move on. You need to go forward. Just forget about it. It doesn't matter. Let's go. Be a big girl. And it worked. (laughs) It worked for a while, but it wasn't sustainable. It wasn't sustainable. Because everything that I had refused to deal with and refused to confront, confronted me. And at that moment it was very uncomfortable because I was not ready, I was not prepared, I was not open, I was not malleable to life. And the universe does not do this in a malicious way. When things come up that are unresolved or unhealed in your life, it's not done in a malicious way, even though it may hurt like hell. But it's done to make you realize that every single experience is a lesson. So, when you try to ignore parts of your story, when you try to ignore certain dots, you are robbing yourself of the knowledge that is needed to propel yourself forward, to complete the picture bring clarity into your life into your vision into the definiteness of your purpose and that's that is what you need to know the pain is temporary even the happiness is temporary but the lessons that you learn from the experiences That caused that is what is forever. And it saddens me, and we're going to slowly conclude this point, but this is why it saddens me that so much of our history has been demonized. Because when we think about the process of scarification, provides many lessons for us to learn, one of them being pain is temporary and we are people who do things with intention. We don't do things because we're crazy. But it's because our spirits, and our elders, our cultures, our traditions, and our customs wanted us to be able, who are able, wanted us to be people, pardon me, who are able to be happy. Who are able to endure through pain. Who are able to survive in seasons of scarcity. Who are able to recognize each other, see each other as family, despite all of the division that is perpetrated onto us. our cultures and our systems and our ways of thinking wanted us to be people who work with nature who work with each other for the completeness of this entire experience of this entire lifetime of this time in this space Because we're not going to be here forever. But the world will continue to spin. And our children and their children and their children will be here. And they need knowledge. These are the things that we struggle with today. These are the things that we don't know about because that connection to a past self has been severed in some kind of way pain is temporary beloveds do not fear it do not hate it it is a lesson Treat it with the same openness, respect and adoration that you treat your happiest moments with. Because the pain is in fact what's going to propel you forward. Not that we should strive for pain. But appreciate it when it humbles you. Appreciate the lessons that it gives to you so freely. And so, beloveds, that was the word for today. The pain is temporary, but the lesson is forever. That's that's what you need to do. That's just what you need to work on. And so I hope that this was helpful in one way or another. And I hope that it resonated. And if not, I hope that it expanded your perception, maybe challenged your perception. And... Thank you for staying to the end of this episode. It was one that was quite emotional to me. Just in realizing that we had ways to understand these things. We had ways to understand how to be people who lived happily fulfilled and in some ways it feels like we gave up all of this knowledge for suits and ties and in a way that um, it it touches me and um, my hope is that we can continue to learn you know to go back to our foundations, to be open to the power that we hold and to be open to understanding the intent of the many things and the many ways of our beings and being able to remember ourselves in a new world that for many of us might not make sense. We're just trying to make sense of the world, but how can you make sense of a world that doesn't make sense of you? As always, I hope that you were able to heal in one way or another through this conversation. And I will see you next time on A Word with Google too.